from Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. <laughs> you are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. is on battle line podcast chris peranto is back as i always say just keeping it real the shows are always the best i think when it's both of us um you know uh but i enjoyed doing last week um with rod rodriguez hey before we get into everything because we got a few news articles to get into uh, unfortunately all of them you know kind of bad news but but they are in our wheelhouse and we are excited to have noah galloway on though uh people probably want to hear the recap of the last uh battle line tactical course and how yeah. it went yeah, it was in uh, Freeport, Louisiana. It was something we did real quick because the, the shit show or shot show. Sorry, sorry. It was, that was, must have been a Freudian slip there. Um, was, was canceled. So I, you know, I didn't get a, get a run around with, with all the new genics and gun. I should say, I forget. I'm, I'm going down a bad path. Stop, I'm stopping it. Stop the negativity. Stop it, Tono. Um, no, but it had it in Shreveport at Red River Range there. And great guys. Brad Dillon owns the Rangers. Fantastic. And they got an instructor. I call him Brucey. Great instructor down there in his own right. But um, went down there and we worked first. The first day was uh, law enforcement only. So we had some of uh, the actually we had the, the, the lead instructor for the DeSoto SWAT team, DeSoto County Sheriff's Department. And one of his uh, one of his troops down there, one of his sheriffs down there, our deputies down there. And then we had uh, they're called um, I'm forgetting the name, but it, it's a uh, Centur- uh, Centenary College. Uh, Centenary College of Louisiana, which has their own police force, which honestly I think is a good idea for for colleges to have that, so you get the interaction. I, I really do. But regardless, we can talk about that later. Um, course was well day one, just just doing pistol stuff and did a lot of shooting, a lot of walking and shooting, a lot of moving and shooting as much as an indoor range can handle. And then we had day two was an open course where we had a couple more law enforcement officers. These ones. The ones that came to those are, are were more, uh, were, I would say, novice, less experienced shooters, uh, but fantastic, fantastic group. And then we had people flying from all over the place. I had one coming from two coming from Mississippi, one fly all the way in from Oregon, Western Oregon, which was awesome, and uh, and <clears throat> it, it went really well for something that was set up so quick. I mean, we only had like I don't even think we had a month to to promote it, and that is actually pretty tight if you don't have your own ranch. Um, it still went off really well. And we you know, we ended up having, I think, over the weekend, a total of combining, of course, close to 17, 18 people, which, to be honest with you, that's a pretty good-sized class. We just get spoiled at battle because <laughs> we, we'll have 20 or 25 on uh, per, per course. Um, but it went well. And, and I couldn't have been happier. And the law enforcement guys are, are top-notch. And they're great guys. They're just there's no ego when they walk in the room, no chips on their shoulders. They just want to come in and learn. And, and their chief, Eddie Walker, is one of the – not a, not a, even law enforcement, just one of the best people I've ever met. And I'm glad to have become friends with him over the last uh, last two times we've been to, been to Shreveport. And we'll be going back there in October again. 
Dude, that's that's awesome. And I should let everybody know we do have, not we, really, you guys, Battleline Tactical has the course coming up uh, just a little under a month away, February 20th and February 21st in Paisley, Florida. I know you have a lot lined up for this. This is a stress fire course. And uh, you could get you, you could register right at Tonto's Gear Locker dot com. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is a big one. This this is one we do at Rich Graham's place, and uh, the scheduling on it, I think we got a little messed up because we're, we're you know we're, we're coming at, scheduling it, and it was all of a sudden he had a summit right before it. But hey, it happens. You know that's what you get when you don't have your own range. You have to use other people's ranges. Schedules get messed up, and 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 it it, it piggybacks, and sometimes it, it conflicts, but. We still have it. It's going on. Um, full spectrum warrior training, Rich Graham's place. We went there last year. It was fantastic. Uh, had a uh, more of a level two type carbine pistol course. And we had like 32 people plus the uh, uh, SOCOM, uh, Air Force SOCOM guys from McGill. Um, this year, like I said, we have slots available. We'll be getting down there and training. And the stress fire, it, it, I think it scares people because they're worried it's going to be like a basic training. It's not. We don't yell at you. We don't scream at you. It's just it's just some physical activity. It's moving around, but it's moving at your pace. I don't expect a six year old man to to run as fast as a twenty year old. It's just I mean, physiologists out there, and we're broke down. I can't run as fast as I could when I was twenty. So it, it's just pushing yourself. And I tell you what, at the end of those courses where we have run de- we call them rundowns, where we do rundowns, and you're moving from yard line to yard line, and you're going from starting at a two hundred meter yard line and moving down to a five in one shot and you really find where the rubber meets the road. And we talked about it on, on when you and I had our, our, our one with us together about yeah. having the endurance uh, and being able to deal with that heart rate. So when you're ever faced with that situation that you don't want to be in, you're able to handle it and you're able to think clearly, well, that's what these rundowns do. And I tell you what, you start at the 200, you start running down and, you, and you're shooting different yard lines. And then you get to the five yard line and you pull out your pistol and you see how hard it is just to hit a six-inch plate from five, six-inch steel plate or six-inch size target, even eight-inch size target from five meters uh, after after running that far with your heart rate up, sweat in your eyes, and and you are you're, you're breathing heavy. Um, it, it really it's an eye opener for people. But at the end of it all, they walk away. It's like you know whoever's played sports where you laid it all on the line on a game and then you won and you walked off the field victorious that old cliche it's it's true people feel so good about themselves when they walk off like oh my gosh i i I did something but i didn't think i could do so yeah please come uh full spectrum warrior uh february you guys you know what the dates you know i got it ready yeah february 20th february 21st paisley florida um yeah be there guys there's still you know signups available so tontos gearlocker.com um as I said, we got a lot of news articles to get to, and like like I said, they're not the best of news, but they're all things that I feel like we need to cover, so we're going to cover them. Uh, first of which, you guys probably saw me post this, one of the founding members of Delta Force has passed away. This isn't as unfortunate because the guy lived to be 80, um, you know, but, you know, so it's not an unfortunate death or anything like that, but I do want to, of course, uh, you know, give our respect to this guy, retired Sergeant Major Angel Macias, hopefully I'm saying the last name right, of Parkton, North Carolina, passed away at the age of 80 after a lifetime of military and civilian service, according to his obituary. Um, And by the way, this is from Task and Purpose. Uh, Born in Mexico in 1940, Macias grew up in Robstown, Texas, before joining the U.S. Army when he was 19. He went on to earn many decorations and medals in the Vietnam War, including the Bronze Star. 
Macias later joined Special Forces, where he became one of the original members of Delta Force, the Army's counterterrorism Special Forces unit. The obituary noted Macias made his mark as a soldier, wrote the Special Forces Association, a nonprofit fraternal organization of which Macias was a lifetime member. Sergeant Major Macias exemplified the Special Forces ethos, committing himself to a lifetime of meritorious and and valorous service to the nation as both a soldier and dedicated civil servant, the association wrote in a statement to Task and Purpose. He served with distinction during the conflict in Vietnam, earning several medals for valor and intense sustained combat. The association noted that Macias was specifically selected as one of the original members of the Army's premier counterterrorism special mission unit. And this is interesting. He was a sniper on Operation Eagle Claw in 1980, the doomed attempt the doomed attempt to rescue American hostages held in Tehran, Iran, for 444 days, according to a 2017 profile written about him in the Fayetteville Observer. Uh, President Jimmy Carter gave Macias accommodation for his efforts in the operation. There's more there, but more than anything, I just really, in a way, it's an honor to be able to report this type of news because it's unfortunate to the family, of course, but the fact is this doesn't get covered very much uh, other than websites like Task and Purpose and to me, you know, a founding member of Delta Force, that's a guy that we got to really cherish. Yeah, you, you, we always remember, at least I do always remember those that came before you because they laid the pathway to what whoever's in now or whoever served after um, is, is followed that path, which is, you know, which is value, which is honor, duty, courage, selfless service, everything you want within a within a a person that's going to serve and serve his country well with distinction as he did. So it, it is always one to honor those that pass, uh, even if it's whether sudden because of combat or something happens, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe a motorcycle accident, or something happens or somebody that's lived their lives to the fullest, which is what he did, which is what you want to do. I, I, I think as to me, I, 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 you know, I, I don't like the Lieutenant Dan adage of, you got to die on the battlefield because that's what I have to do. I have to leave. It's to me, it's a, I did what I needed to do. I, I led the way when I was there. I, then I left some lineage when I left. So other guys could follow my past because I did it the right way, which he did. And then he lived a full life at the end. You know, it's like that cap. Have you ever seen Avengers, the end game, Captain America, when he goes back and then he decides, Hey, I'm just going to live a regular life after serving and then dying of old age, which is, to me, that's that's completely honorable, and that's what I I hope to do. <laughs> I hope I can be like that. Um, guys like that are passing. Lester Cook, another one from the, the original Darby Ranger. He's the last one of the original Darby's Rangers in World War II. He passed away in August, so we're losing those guys that really made up what we are. And I, I don't think we can hold a candle to those guys. Those guys are harder than woodpecker lips. <laughs> and so, thanks for putting that out there. And you're right, the news ain't going to report stuff like that because. It's it's not about honoring guys. It's about the shock and awe with news. Yeah. And, but no, that's great, brother. I appreciate you putting that up there. And I know a lot of. Oh yeah, no, of course. And yeah, task and purpose putting it out there, and all the uh, you know military sites putting it out there. So it's not like you know I I discovered this news. It's out there, but it's not. Yeah, it's not in the major mainstream stuff. And a lot of guys don't even, unfortunately, in this country know what Delta Force is. You know, it's not something that's reported on very much. They <laughs> and they should read, you know, read, read your history, guys. Read your military history I, before they start changing it in schools. <laughs> read it. Read what actually happened from the guys that were there 
And yeah, that's why it's, it's an honor when we get to interview guys like that, because it is exactly. true. We're losing them. So I love when we could have these guys on from the older yeah. generation and, and talk about their service. Um, so the other major news here, once again, more unfortunate stuff. This is actually unfortunate, though. I mean, the first one that I'll get to here, um, first big suicide attack in Baghdad in three years kills at least 32 um, the Islamic State claimed responsibility for an attack in a crowded Baghdad market on Thursday, killing at least 32 people in Iraq's first big suicide bombing for three years, authorities said, describing it as a possible sign of the reactivation of the Islamic State. There's more to that article, too. But I mean, that's a big news article. Yeah, that's a big news story, especially since really terrorism. You haven't heard much about terror and there hasn't been much uh, in the way of large scale VBIDs, IEDs, suicide bomb attacks. Hey guys, you know, like Trump or not, there hasn't been any. I, that's that's the that's the truth. I mean, I don't care if you like him or not. Um, you'll see it. I, I honestly, I, I I hope you prove me wrong. I hope Ian in six months you can say Chris, you're wrong. But I see more of that happening because of the difference. Well, I mean, I'm not. I don't have a opinion yeah. on it at all. I mean, you know more than me. Well, it just it's just it, it's it's the truth. The left is is lighter on. On, ter- on fighting terrorism, they're not as hard nosed. Um, the right but usually the, is. The thing is. I mean, it's, it, I will yeah. say that Trump was scaling back troops, and now Biden is is raising troop levels again. And I say, I I have to follow it more. And again, it, brother, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to be, hey, this is what you think. I'm just, I'm putting a guess right here. I'm saying because it, it usually is that way. There, the VBIs, VBIDs, and stuff. I think will increase in Iraq, um, Afghanistan, so forth in attacks. But yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, before I get into that and I'll stay, that's all I'm going to say about the politics of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's too bad because really those countries I've been to Iraq, Afghanistan, they really, and you know, Pakistan, it doesn't matter. Libya, even parts of Egypt or Tunisia or Yemen. They're so beautiful, man. There's so much history there. And the people, Again, they just they're caught in the middle of this. And I think we need to use that as as a as an example of what we could go to if we are leading, keep leading down this path of rights, wrong, left's wrong, rights, wrong, left's wrong. And then we're going to over on the Capitol there or we're going to riot and riot for seven months. That's what happens in those countries when you do that. And if and I think you just need people need to look, say, do we really want that? Because once it starts, it doesn't stop. I mean, how long now have we been in Iraq or had troops in Iraq or have there been attacks in Iraq that we've known about? Well, since 2000, what, when did we go? 2001, 2002? So, well, yeah, 2001. I mean, right, pretty much 2001, 2002, we went to Afghanistan yeah. and then yeah. how much for longer for Iraq? Was it three, right? three, I think, is when we first started there. So, you know, that's just within us being on and seeing it. Afghanistan, you've been having tribal conflicts for years since the 60s. Yeah. 60s. So, um, you know. I feel for him, and I, I do admire those people I worked with there. I do admire, the, admire, admire just the people that I'd go get coffee with, that I'd go into a restaurant with and just sit there, or I'd just see out in the city. So, yeah, it's it's sad, but um, I'd say it. I, I think I think it's going to increase. Um, I think our drone start strikes will probably increase too, just like they did with yeah. under Obama, where we he, I think he, people don't realize that we had the most drone, yeah, most drone strikes, drone yeah. strikes, and and actually uh, killing Americans. American citizens without due process. And when I say that, I mean like half Yemen, half American, you know, uh, with uh, drone strikes under Obama. So but drone strikes, I think also the technology just at that time increased. And, you know, maybe that, but I don't, I just, 
it's a, it's a way to, to attack and get you, get your hands dirty without losing lives. And I think that's more what it was. So you'll see it as the technology increases, maybe there'll be more attacks. Maybe there won't. Um, I just know from the past, all I'm looking is just the past of what happened. I, I can't tell you why. And that's a, that's a good point. Um, but regardless though, countries are going to suffer. Um, and I, I just, I feel bad. I feel, I do. I feel for them because I feel like I have some sort of tie in and I miss him. I miss those countries. I miss the, miss all the, the toughness that was there, but also the humanity that people really don't see when something like that happens that, that again, these people, most of them, the majority of them are just caught in the middle of this shit. And that's what happens, man. It causes chaos and fear and, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline then one person or one party or one terrorist organization stays in power because there's a vacuum of power. So using as an example, guys, is when you want to go right, this is what it leads to. These are the baby steps that get to the this point when you're rioting or or trying to overthrow, <laughs> overthrow the capital. I, and I get it, guys. You're pissed. I get both sides. I do. But it's got to stop being sides. It's just, hey, we're Americans. We're, we're better than that. And doesn't say we're better people, but as a country, we're better than that. And I, I don't think that's a derogatory or a slam towards Iraqis or Afghanis or anybody. It's just this is why U.S. is so great. And that's why it was so awesome always coming back home because I didn't have to worry or have to pay attention to somebody riding because their candidate didn't get elected. And that, I'm not talking about this election. I'm talking about overseas yeah. <laughs> or, or riding because their party was the, the election wasn't fair. And, and that happens all the time overseas. I'm not talking about here, even though I think there was some shenanigans going on. I'm just saying we don't want that. So when you won't think that you want a war or sides or civil war, what all you got to do is take a look at Afghanistan or Iraq or Libya or Yemen and ask yourself, do we really want that? Yeah. Here, and and here. I mean, what, what's going to happen is I think I said this on the show. I, I maybe I didn't, but you know, what happened at the Capitol, what happened, you know, just in general, the, the, you know, just the violence in this country that's, uh, that's heating up. It's going to be used against law abiding gun, gun owners. It's going to be used against all, yeah. it's going to be used against free speech. It's going to, you know, this is why we can't have free speech. This is why we can't have, uh, armed citizens. So it's really hurting causes that we believe in. No, you haven't said it before. That's a good point. It, there's, there's always an after effect. And it allows a politician or law well, enforcement. Well, yeah, I remember you yeah. saying that it gives the politicians more power. More power. Oh, this is it. It's like, oh, because because, and then we allow every them to time have something it. like this happens. Sandy yeah. Hook, it gave politicians it gave more power because it's yeah. it's like, hey, we can't have ourselves here. You take us, and it's like, here, you take us, Dad, and and you you make a you make a rule now, but that rule affects everybody, not just that particular incident. We, we've got to have more virtue in ourselves, and that's a great point, bro. And now it's a, you're spot on. Whenever something like that happens, you'll see we lose a little bit more. We lose a little bit more because that politician, because we think they're messiahs, we give them that, hey, 
take care of this for us. When it's just take care of yourself, take care of your family. True seeker. I love what he said. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. I mean, I was spot on. Yeah. That you kind I of, and people didn't see it. But yeah. Before you kind of changed the world, you, you know, change you yourself. look in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Look in yourself and become yeah, more I, mean, I, I really do think if we were all improving ourself every day and being the best version of ourselves, you'd see a lot less of this. Even, Definitely. you know, even police who in some cases make mistakes. I think if they were to go out there and say, I'm going to be my best self. You know, I'm going to treat people the way that I think we wouldn't have any more of these instances. You know? I, I, and that's not most police, obviously. I, I feel like it goes without saying. Well, there, there, there's bullies regardless. And that's that's you find some bullies in the law enforcement. And then you find but then you find those that are actually have that uh, altruistic nature. I think a lot of them go in thinking that. But it is hard to keep that altruistic nature when you're seeing negative t- negativity all the time. Because as you're, you're seeing that all the time. It's hard to maintain that, but that's, you have to, you're, you're a police officer. There is no, there is no going back. There is no way to say, well, I'm going to be nice to this person, but I'm not. And I'm going to step on somebody's neck on this guy. You you can't do that. It's got to, you've got to maintain law and order, but that also applies for yourself. And that also is becoming virtuous and having integrity and ethics and morality. And it's hard to do. I believe me, it's hard to not just go out there and because you can shoot somebody. In Iraq, we we had there was no rules, man. We were wild west. Do what we wanted. Some guys did. The best hardest thing to do is to hold back and say no, that's not right. Even though I can, even though I feel threatened, I can't do it because that's a human being, and they're, they're it's not to that level yet. And it sucks. It sucks. But yeah, you're you're right, brother. And you hit that on the head. You got to have virtue within all yourselves and the particular jobs that even need more virtue, even more so. Because uh, you're surrounded by negativity, if you let that get into your system, you become a negative person, and then here we go. Now we're becoming bullies, and then we have brutality, and then we have responses to that riots, and then politicians. I can fix it, and they take more stuff away. From yeah, us. no, it's like a cycle for <laughs> it sure. Is, it um, I, I want to get to Noah Galloway, but I did say real quick. I mean, there was a third uh, article that I wanted to cover, so I'll just cover it really quick. I mean, it is a big story. Uh, The U.S. Army will lead an investigation, and this is from Army Times, into a helicopter crash that killed three National Guard troops on a training exercise. Authorities said Thursday after the remains of three troops were found, uh, recovered from the rural upstate New York crash site. So training accident for members of the New York National Guard. Um, It sucks. We'll learn more about it. Um, But we we definitely pray for those families, you know, who lost a loved one and uh, just doing what they love doing, doing what they're trying, you know, doing what they can for their country and serving. Yes. Uh, they, they are. God bless you guys out there. Army is it's dangerous being in the army. Training is too. Yeah. Um, even, yeah. even, you know, I know people say, oh, National Guard, but training exercises yeah. do happen. They still have to do it. And sometimes they're intense. In New York, it's it's tough. I, there's, there's uh, if you look back and do some studies, you'll see that, that there's not a lot of them. But if you want to pinpoint areas where there are training accidents with, with, uh, with rotary rings, which with, with, with helicopters, um, it's it's in the upper New York 10th Mountain Division area, and I think it's just because it's such arduous terrain. It's not because they're they're not well trained, because they are, but the terrain's rough out there, and it it simulates it can simulate some of the areas they're going overseas at. So yeah, training stuff. God bless the families out there and those guys that that died on that uh on that crash. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, in more positive news, we are going to get to Noah Galloway, who is truly a positive guy, man. I mean, he is, he's an inspiration. But before we do, um, our sponsor, you guys know them. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue 
leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as direct online through fortscottmunitions.com. That's F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Uh, great ammo. Use our exclusive promo code BATTLELINE and you're going to get 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. A lot of people are wondering where to get ammo. It's sold out everywhere. It's selling out there. But if you go on there, it's constantly changing. They're restocking as quickly as they can. So FortScottMunitions.com, promo code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and this podcast right here, Battleline Podcast. With that, joining us for the first time on Battleline Podcast, Noah Galway, Army Sergeant Combat Veteran of the Iraq War, left arm and leg, lost in combat, of course, as a lot of you guys know, and the author of Living With No Excuses, The Remarkable Rebirth of an American Soldier, published in 2016. Uh, you've seen him on Dancing with the Stars. You've seen him on American. You and you see him on Instagram all over, but you can't see it because this is a this is a read. But for all you people, I'm holding this up to my screen out there. You can see Noah Gall Noah Galloway's oh, Instagram page, and you know, it's you know, sexy. I think, I think it would be a good way to start this, and you know, we'll get into questions and all that. But my introduction to Noah Galloway was I remember being at some. I think it was a Seven Eleven. And seeing that cover of Men's Health with you on it. Wow. And the thing that was remarkable to me is that I think a lot of guys, when they see the cover of Men's Health, the immediate reaction is a little bit of jealousy or, or like, oh, this guy's on steroids. He's an actor. He's got like all day to work out. I can't do that. But then when you saw you and you saw that you've lost two legs and two limbs in combat, your arm and leg, yeah. and saw the shape that you got. And I think for a lot of people, it really motivated them to say, like, if this guy can do it, what excuse do I have? You know, and that's what that's the response I got from a lot of people. And I'll be honest with you, and I've always been open about this. When I made the cover of Men's Health, I did worry that to veterans, it looked arrogant. You know what I mean? I mean, because as veterans, we're not very supportive of each other sometimes. Hey, yeah, we, we, I was. I saw like that fucker. That I know. I'm sorry. Sorry. sorry excuse <laughs> me. That's so bitch. I, I can't I say. I Go worried ahead. that I looked like I was being arrogant. Uh, but then I started having people reach out to me, veterans, veterans, families, all these different people that were motivated and said I took their excuses away. And that was so when you say that, I really appreciate it because that was of the things I've I've gone through since being injured. The cover of men's health is my pride and joy. And it was it, you did honestly, you didn't come across. There's sometimes where you look at a cover of a magazine and like like one of the gun porn magazines, and you, you will see the, nah, that dude's being arrogant. Like, oh, no, <laughs> you you could tell by your smile, and it, it was good cover, brother. You just oh, you. Hey, here's this is me, and it is it's motivating. It is because it's like man, like, I don't want to get up today. My, my I got a bone in my foot, Sarge. I can't PT today. <laughs> like oh, you think about like man, no. man, holy crap, this dude's getting out there and he's killing it. And, and, and he has, you know, he does, he's got no, he's got one arm, one leg and he's still killing it out there. And we don't want to keep hitting on that, but it, it is, it's a way to motivate. And if I was going to motivate somebody, I, 
dude, you can't get out today? Wait, okay, look at Noel Galloway. You go look at him, you see if you can't get out and go do a little bit of a workout today. And you know, this motivates me. Well, I appreciate it. Now it's been, you know, that was 2014. We're in 2021. And every so often I'll see a picture on my phone or a reminder. I'm like, oh, crap, I got to keep working out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why myself now. You do. You you set the standard for yourself. You're screwed, yeah. dude. Now you, you wait till you get 49 or 50. You got to keep it up. No, yeah. Gotta, <laughs> and it does it. But, brother, I, I, before we, we kind of jumped into it, a lot of people do know you are. And I know you, this is standard stuff on any show. Some of our listeners may not. So can you give us a little backstory on yourself and yeah. and then a little bit of your military time? We don't you, you can get into the yeah. incident if you want, but you don't have to. We want you people to be motivated, but we want them to know you first. So, well, I appreciate please. That. Yeah, I go, first of all, I don't know if you can tell from my accent, I am from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Maine, dude. I swear <laughs> I was Maine or Connecticut. <laughs> now, funny story, I don't want to digress too much, but I was in Vermont one time, and I was in a gas station. The lady goes, you're not from here. I said, no, man, I'm from Maine. She said, yeah, I can tell you weren't from Vermont. I mean, you went with it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's um, awesome. You know, I, was, I grew up here in Alabama, and I ended up going to school at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB, mm-hmm. yep. Birmingham, Alabama. And my first semester was in 2001. And when 9-11 happened, I mean, I remember, like so many of us that are of age, which is interesting to say now, there are a lot of people who are adult yeah. now that don't, it's been that long. But I remember seeing that. And I never went back to class. I went in the military and I have an uncle that's a Vietnam veteran that I'm really close to that always told me if I went in military, go airborne infantry. So I ended up with the 101st and was in the invasion of Iraq in 03. And I always tell people, you know, I was like, I don't get into politics. I was like, I love my job. I yeah, love, yeah. you know, you, and that's what people don't realize. When you're in the military, you have this camaraderie, this yeah. brotherhood that is so powerful. And I just wanted it all the time. So I re-enlisted, yeah. went back to Iraq the second time. Only was like, that with the hundred? Was that hundred first as well? Yeah, I was still with the hundred okay. first. Mm-hmm. Went back to Iraq in two thousand. It was a uh, fall of two thousand five, and okay. about two three months into it, uh, got hit by a roadside bomb. I was actually, we we're you know a light infantry unit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 2005, we had Humvees because we're covering a big area and we were driving late one night and I was driving the lead vehicle and we hit a tripwire that oh, was wow. you know, driving the headlights off, night vision guard yeah. on. And when yeah. it detonated that roadside bomb, I don't remember any of it. It threw this 9000 pound armored Humvee flying through the air and into the water adjacent to the road. And thanks if you don't mind me, mind me asking, where, where, where were you working? And this is for me personally, because yeah. I, you know, a lot of you time in Iraq out. as well. Yeah. Where, where were you working and what was your base? And Yusufia Mamadia. Uh, oh, wow. We were, okay. Um, there was a Fob St. Michael's. St. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we I, were I, heading I, to, to pick some things up. We were outside of it and okay. we were heading there and hit this tripwire. And I don't remember any of it, like I said, and woke up five days later and it was Christmas Day, and I was in the hospital. Well, I vaguely remember being in Germany. I woke up in Germany briefly, confused, didn't know where I was. I remember uh, what's interesting is, so my jaw was shattered from the explosion, took my arm off immediately. Both my legs were severely injured. My right hand was injured. But when I woke up in the hospital briefly in Germany on Christmas Eve, I don't didn't even realize two of my limbs were gone because one had been removed before I even got okay. to Germany. I was in so much pain and my mouth wouldn't open. 
And I had this, you know, crazy dream on that medication that someone had said that these explosions, these IEDs were so hot that your bones would fuse together. And I thought that my jaw had fused shut. And with my one hand, I was trying to pry it open and then fell back asleep. I do remember that. I bet that's freaky. Just freaked, freaked out like a, like a movie. You remember and you don't. Yeah. Uh, Then of course I woke up and it was Christmas day and I was at Walter Reed and my parents were there and, um, it was interesting because my mom, I remember seeing my mom walk in the room and something in the back of my mind said, smile. So she knows you're okay. You know how, how we are yeah. with, our, with our parents and our mom. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I did that. And I didn't know two years later, she was, she didn't know what she was walking into. The information she was getting was all over the place. Yeah. And she walked in and I smiled at her and she said, she just knew I'd be okay. And yeah. it was then I started learning that what injuries I was dealing with. Wow. And how many months was that after, did you say again, after a while, or was it a week, just to, like no, a month? I know, I was a couple of days uh, that I woke up and she was walking in. Wow. And I was, I, you know, I was in and out of it the first two months while it walked. Okay. Through. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And learning what was going on. And, you know, I, I'm brutally honest. It, it broke me. I was oh, very yeah. emotional. You know, one minute I was like, this is fine. The next one I'm angry. The next minute I was sobbing like a baby. One time they were taking me to another round of surgeries and I grabbed my mom's arm as they were rolling me out and was just crying. Don't let them take me. Don't let them take me. It was just this emotional grasp of reality that was so scary. It was just tra- well, it's trauma, major, obviously just physical, but emotional. I can't even imagine the amount of surgeries and going back and doing over and over and over again. And then when you finally start to realize what happened, I'm sure that makes it even work. Because now you're able to piece it all together where yeah. when you're incoherent, you're in, you're out. It's like you're in a dream. But yeah. man, I, yeah. Well, you know, brother, was, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep oh, going. There's one of the things that I know that, that you under, you know, y'all have heard it and y'all have experienced it, you know. It's easy. It sounds, I think civilians think it's crazy, but I had accepted that I was either going to return home or I'd die in combat. Yeah, you and, do. You do. Yeah. And you then do. you wake up and you never think about the in-between. <laughs> you never think about the in-between like, oh, crap. What well, I think is now? if we think about that, and I'm saying if you think about, oh, I might get injured here, then you can't do your job fully. No. It, it is. It's, it's an extreme. It's one or the other. I'm saying way. No. You, every time you leave home and as a contractor, it was tough too. Cause you don't get that demob or that pre-mob time. It's on a plane. You're over there and, and you're, you've got to, you've got to adjust within whatever time the flight right. is. But yeah, whenever, you know, the deal, whenever you, I, I had a little boy and a little girl, a little boy first when I was going to Iraq a lot, then went Afghanistan, I would start going to Afghanistan and other places that we had a little girl, but it is that every time you leave and try to get on a plane, it's in the back of your mind. It's like, this may be the last time. Yeah. But then you got to push it out of your head real quick <laughs> yeah, to get on that plane and get with the guys. And like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm My second appointment, I had a son. My oldest son was already born. And I remember moments that I thought, I hope he never experiences anything like this. Yeah, me too. You know, those bad times. Because, you know, but yeah, it is also, you just have to accept. And I think that it sounds crazy, but I think that you do, you fight better when you're like, okay, if I die, I die. I'm okay with that. You, you have to. Yeah. yeah. If I die in this battlefield, may I die in peace with you. I love that prayer before battle. I'd read every time before the day started, whether we're going out or not, I'd read it. Cause so it's like, okay, accept. I accept it. Whatever you have in store for me today, I accept. And you have to. And, and it gives, if you, if you worry that you're going to die, I really do feel like 
like anything else, you worry about it, you, you stress up, you tense I, up, I and you don't you know, 100%. Would stress about that way too much, and it really distracted them yeah. from what they were doing. And it, it's not their fault. You know what I mean? Nobody's <laughs> In fact, it's probably because I was a little stupid. <laughs> That's what made me. <laughs> we're, all, we're all a little wired, a little, a little different. Yeah. You're, 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 you're right. You hit it on the head, though. You, you can't because – if you're worried about messing up, you're going to like, it's, it's a cliche. It's an old adage. You're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. Yeah. If you're worried you're going to die, you've increased those chances. You're going to die because you, you're not thinking about what to do next. You're not being proactive. You're being reactive because you're trying to not die. You're trying not to get shot. Yeah. It's no, you, it's, you have to you trust can't. your training. I yes. mean, it sounds like I'm just, you know, we're back in a leadership course. You got to trust. <laughs> <laughs> you do, but you have to trust your training. And that's why I always tell people when we train, I'm sure you do the same thing when you train them, train to those highest levels. Mm-hmm. You want to get beat down a little bit in training. You don't want to yeah. die in training, but you want to get pushed to the level. So when that shit happens, when it finally hits the fan, because you're going to revert to that highest level of training, your, your brain is going to not shut off, but you're going to go habitual movements. You're going to start doing habit for movements that you've done over and over under duress with the heart rate going hundred million miles an hour, sweat in your eyes. And that's what you're going to turn to. And your brain just, okay, let's keep going. And you're not thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I thought there was one time where we were out and I thought, just briefly, shit, we're not going to get out of this. Yeah. And I was like, and my, my brain said, shut the F up. Get that out of your head right now. And I it put, got pushed it out. But yeah, bro, I complete agreement with you. And and with you, when you're with a team of guys that are that way as well. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us bond so great because none of you feel like, ah, oh, we're going to die. It's like, we're going to tear shit up. Let's yeah. go do it. <laughs> it's, it is. It's, you know, the best thing to compare to. And I, I, I've talked to other veterans. It's like a movie. It is. It's like a movie. Yeah, hey, I can tell you right now. Yeah, so I said, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I said it, I was like, yeah, it was like being in a movie. It was all those were like doing a movie. And then when the movie came out, it, it was. Being on set and and having di- – it, it, it brought back a lot of memories because it was very similar. And if you have good actors that actually become close on set like our guys did, yeah. they actually became very close. Oh. Hung out together – it, it even brought it together more. And you're like, man, it really is just like a movie. And I even said it even, that night on 9-11, 2012, even with me and Boone on the rooftop, I even said it to him. Now, I wasn't planning on this going to be a movie or anything. Yeah, I said yeah. it was about 4 a.m. I looked at him, and we knew nobody's coming. We're in these, it was our fourth firefight that night. And um, I said, man, this is just like the movies yeah. because that's what it feels like. And I'm sure yours been in situations not just that one, but others were, you felt the same way. You know, I had a, a good friend of mine. He was in a different platoon, but uh, he had told me after the guys came back and I was at Fort Campbell to see him after I was injured. Uh, he told me, he said the entire time he was in Iraq, he wasn't scared because he saw it like a movie and there were key people that nothing happens to. And he said, when I got hurt, he experienced real fear. He said, I was not one of the characters that was supposed to get hurt. Wow. That that's when he really started to experience fear. I thought it was very impactful that he said that. And I was yeah. glad to know I was one of the. Oh, you were the key people. I was going to ask you. You're one of the key people. And it, yeah. it, that's, that's amazing. And the team, it, it really brings me back. It makes, you, makes me miss it. Uh, oh. Not to the point that I want to leave my family again, but it, it does. You it, know, it makes I, you smile. Well, tell me if you experience it like I do. I've told people that, you know, back then I felt like. I wanted to be in the middle of everything. You know, if I die, I die. That's what I, you know, that's what has to come to it. That's what has to come to it. Well, now I'm older, you know, I'll be 40 this year. I've got three kids. I've adapted to a different lifestyle. 
I do miss the military. I miss the excitement. I miss, you know, all that, but yeah. I'm a different person now, which yeah. then I think that that's kind of how the military ends up. You move up and you are yeah. a little bit, then you're more of a leadership role than you are in the action. And I am not in the military. I'm not in the leadership role in the military, but I do feel like my mindset is different now than it was then. Oh yeah. My, mine is completely different. I, I want to be home this. I want to walk off in the sunset and be like, okay, I did it. I did what I needed yep. to do. I got it. And it is, it, it is. I used to deny it say it's something that's in your system. No, it's not in my system, but getting into the mix and testing yourself no. and seeing, and that is the ultimate test to me, at least that's my opinion. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to see if I could do it. But, and when I was lucky enough that I was able to and do it for such a long time as well, I was so lucky to be able to keep going overseas uh, for 10, almost 11 years. Wow. Um, and, and, and come back. I can, I can honestly sit back and say, yeah, I'm good. I, I did it. I don't need to go back. I miss it, yeah. but I don't, I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing something like, yes. damn, I wish I would have done this. No, it's like, no, I did it. I got it. Got my, got my brownie badge. Now I need to be a father. Cause now I look back at the times and I want to ask you this too, as a father, when my oldest 16 and my daughter 12 and, and I'll be very candid right now. I'll, I'll tell you last month, me and my son were sitting at dinner, 16 year old. And I said, why don't you smile? Why don't you never smile? He goes, you were so mean to me when I was little. And I was, I looked at my wife. She goes, you were, this is when I was coming back from Iraq. I was a very mean dad. I, I didn't beat the kid. No, I, he got his ass whooped every once in a while, but I was very mean in comparison to what I am no. with my five-year-old now. No. That's, that's what I miss. And I regret that I, the stuff I'm spending with my five-year-old now, the time laughing and wrestling, I wasn't that way with my six-year-old or even my 12-year-old. Cause that's when I was going to Afghanistan all the time. I was very, you get back and you know, you, you've been, you have those moments. You're just, okay, yep. I'm, I'm just angry or I'm stressed or I'm just too intense. And it hurt me. It's like, man. And that made me realize, you know what, that you need to, this mission that you did over there, that's done. Your mission now is here and repairing some of the relationships that you broke here with your kids, but also now being so blessed that God gave us a young one that I can still partake in what it's like to be with a young son that I missed with my. So, yeah, bro, I, I'm saying with the, the, the mission has changed, but it's still a mission and you want to be your best at that mission. And that mine right now is being the best father and husband that I can be because I wasn't at that time. I was good at my job. I was terrible as being a father and a husband. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know, well, I have, I'm like a stereotypical veteran, two ex-wives. <laughs> I got, I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I got um, two as well. It is. You, you look back and no, my, they were not, my, the wife I had when I was in the military, she was not a priority. I hate that. We, we get along now. We have, I have children with both my ex-wives. I get along with them. They're significant others. I mean, it's, we have built, I mean, talk about a TV show that could be on like oh, yeah. a full house. You know, we, we all get along really well. Um, but I, I, that she was not a priority. Nobody was, you know, no, no, your, your priorities, the boys and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Our priorities, a little bit of our ego as well. Oh, priorities, right. I got to get over it. I got to prove to myself that I can, I got to prove that I can do it again. Then when you do it, you're like, okay, I got to prove that I can do it again and get back on the horse and do it again. No, That's why you said it perfectly. Your, our egos wanting to prove something to ourselves. After I yes. got injured, I started doing all those crazy races. I was doing Spartan, you know, yeah, yeah. I was doing Cutters, Marathon. Though, because I, I, I'm just wondering in between there. I mean, like guys that I've met, like Mike Schlitz, who have lost limbs in combat, yeah. they went through a period where it was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Or, you know, I'm wondering, did you go oh. through a period where 
shit, why did I join the military? Why did I yeah, get myself? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I never, I never, I never had those moments of I never should have joined or I never was mad at God or anything like that because when I look back, I didn't get drafted. I joined because 9-11. Um, I reenlisted after my first deployment. Before my second appointment, my oldest son was born prematurely, lost 75% of his small intestines, spent three months at Children's Hospital in Nashville. I wasn't supposed to go back to Iraq. Once he, he suddenly got better, it was all over the news locally around Fort Campbell and, and Nashville. And I went up my chain of command to say I need to go back to Iraq with everyone else. And the night I got hit, I wasn't supposed to be in the vehicle. I insisted I go. So, I mean, if I'm going to be mad at anybody, be myself. I'm <laughs> too big of an ego to be mad at myself. That's, that's but true. But it, go I ahead. Yeah. did go through serious depression. You know, you mentioned like I wrote my book. My book was hard to write because I had to relive things. And the, yeah. the majority of the heart of my book, there's a lot of laughter and funny things in there. But I talk a lot about my depression. That was about five years. I spent 10 days in the county jail, you know, just one thing after another. And it was coming out of that, that I decided I needed to push myself, be a better father, get back into fitness. Fitness was always big to me. And I started running those races. And that's where I was getting at with the ego. I wanted to test myself. You know, I was getting attention, but I was doing it all to see what I could do. Yeah. And it was just constantly trying to push myself and, and challenge myself physically because I thought for a long time my biggest issue was how am I going to be physical again missing arm and leg and that's where I ended up down that road ended up on the cover of men's health then of course you know dancing with the stars which that's what everyone thinks of when they think of tough men <laughs> dude I want we need a waltz one of these days we'll get on there just you you can lead since you know how to dance I know trolls are going to make comments on that one but I'm going to be honest with you I don't know how to dance so look I, I think it would be a great picture of me holding you in the air <laughs> dude no, was so good what was the movie with Will Ferrell the ice skating movie oh, that he was yeah. in? oh Blazer, 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 you're going to be holding me right there right there by my taint dude I'm going to be <laughs> doing, the, doing the spread eagle it's going to be awesome. I love it. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's an amazing thing that you got to experience all that because of the fact that, you know, at first, as you said, it was just a challenge to yourself. And then you got recognized because of all that you've done. I mean, how, how was that going yeah. from, you know, go, cause you don't, I don't think you set out to be, you would say public figure or celebrity and from men's health to dancing with the stars, American grit, you know? Well, so the funny thing is men's health. I wanted. Uh, in fact, you're right. you're right. you're right. men's health, I had guys I served with that reached out to me and they said, you always said you'd be on the cover of men's health one day. Like I just said, this is before I was injured. I was like, I'm going to be on the cover of men's health one day. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up on it. Of course, now most people learned about me from Dance with the Stars. They have a huge audience. Um, and I think if that would have happened a year or so earlier, it would have been too much. Okay. But in my world, what started happening was, I got into fitness and I started working out. Well, then I started moving gym to gym just in Alabama. All the fitness people knew me. Then I started running those races. I started building an audience. I'd go run a Tough Mudder or a Spartan and people knew me. They wanted a picture with me. They were excited to meet me. So it was I was going gradually up and then men's health. And so that was an audience. And then I went on Ellen and then Dance with the Stars and it just kept growing. And no, I like. Let's let's say where we are right now. It's 2021. I 
my 15 minutes rode for a good five years. Say the end of 2020, end of my 15 minutes. I am fine with that. That's I had the best time and experienced a lot of different things. I met a lot of interesting people. Yeah. I got to see different sides of the world. I got to see how, you know, the super rich people live, you know what I mean? Which was cool. But then I come back to Alabama and I'm like, you know, I like my life where I'm yeah. at. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, love my yeah. time with my kids, my dog, my cat, my girlfriend. We have this small little quaint little house and I'm happy nice. as can be. You know, and I'll tell I tell my girlfriend all the time, I'm like, if, if all that's ever left of Noah Galloway is when I go out around town and just locally, people are everyone, hey Noah, hey Noah. Hey, nice. I'm like, I love it. I don't have to be nationally known anymore. I am happy with who I am and what I've created and shown that my, my children, my family are priority and I've pushed myself and challenged myself. So I, I have gotten this great experience of gotten to see so many different things. And cause I mean, doing you being part of making that movie, you get to see a different yes, that, that That's an experience just like the actual event was an experience because yeah. you are, who gets to do that? Who gets, to, I, I agree with you, brother, being able to, to, to see that, yeah, rich side, which go and have dinner at one of 18 Michael Bay's houses. And you see that, yeah, you want to go get a coffee outside. And he's got a whole full, <laughs> like an actual barista and a bar, <laughs> very coffee bar. And, 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 but then also look at me like, man, that's because he's, he's by himself yeah. and his girlfriend. He's like, man, it, it's not as cool as you think it is. It, yeah. if, if that's what you want to do, it, granted, uh, that's his thing. And he's super nice, but it's good to experience that, but also realize, you know, that really, that, that goal that you're shooting for to be super rich, that's really not what yeah, I want to be. People, if they're happy, they're happy. But, yeah. you know, I like the quaint comfort of, I know I can go to the grocery store and yeah. something may say something to me. Maybe they won't. Maybe I don't they know. won't. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No one's ever bugging me about anything. And it's really good. Well, and brother, you're, you're never going to, li- no, your 15 minutes is never going to be over because you're still motivating people. I mean, I mean, look at your Instagram page and see the guy that's lost a lot of weight that you posted and is running mutters. Obviously, they're not going to, you're not going anywhere. You're still motivating people on the fitness side. And that's even more important. I think more people need to get in fitness. You've mentioned it so many times that helped you in your head. It's helped me in my head, definitely. I know it's helped Ian. Ian's big, you know, he's a personal trainer, helped in his fitness life. That being on that fitness side, you will always be a motivator for people on that too, better themselves. So, I I, uh, I don't think your 15 minutes is ever going to be up, bro. Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, I, mean, I, hate to, I hate to tell you that, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. And I see guys who lost limbs, and I do see it pretty often. Actually, it's it's a huge motivating factor to me to see like they're they're in this fight and they're still going at it. I'm I'm wondering for you going from being in a hospital bed, having to learn to walk again, then to doing these tough mutters. I, what do you really credit that? Is it is it all just your personal motivation your character or, or do you think it's a higher power is it god who gave you that i mean what what do you really credit that attribute that motivation well, that's, i mean that's that's a heavy question i mean because there's so many different things because also like my kids were a motivation i wanted to be a better father and, and that's always motivated me um you know that's hard to say because i've gone i went through so many different changes through my i think i was just unhappy with who I was becoming if I kept letting that depression overrun me. And it wasn't until, thankfully I have a very close knit family. I have three sisters. My parents are, are, are still around and we're all very close. And that has been a, a huge help. And then knowing I needed to, to improve as a father to my children, I just wanted to be healthier and happier. And then it just kept 
growing from there and what I was doing, taking on the next challenge. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what else I can do. Let's see what else I can do. And that's, that's what I always try to tell people when it comes to fitness is, you know, in life in general, we've all heard it, you know, make those, you can have goals way out here, but those may change. You know what I mean? Like I had goals a long time ago that were up here and they didn't last. You know what I mean? They go somewhere else. You got these little steps. You got to have those little wins and each win leads to another and another. It can take you down these different roads. And that's, I think the best thing that I've learned in this experience of being injured is that there is no guarantee in anything. And you have to be ready to, to, to bob and weave and go in a different direction, you know, to be adaptable. Yeah, I always have to have a conviction. One thing I think that's cool that you've done that I've seen, you know, because from what I've done, I've met so many veterans who have gotten into public life and being a public figure and putting books out there. When I uh, asked you to come on, one of the things you said, you were like, I just don't want to get into politics. Uh, <laughs> You're very much the same as me yeah, in that you, know, you want to see the country unite again together, that it's not left side, right side yeah. on everything. But what I one thing I definitely can attribute to you is a lot of the veterans I know, even Chris to some extent, end up getting involved in that political world on, on oh, yeah. some level. Yeah. You're like one of the only guys I know who really has steered clear of all of that. And your whole thing is motivation. You do not really get involved That's in hard. What's been really good for me is I have so many friends on, on different sides of politics, but they're, they're people you can talk to. You know, I, I think when people get fired, that's a human nature. Anger is a, a human reaction to, you know, just, oh, what, what, you know what I mean? And people get fired up. But, I, you know, I have friends of mine that have different opinions and we talk about things. And, you know, if you really, if you take away politics and break things down, oh, you've got some things you can agree and disagree with it. Because, you know, and it's not worth the argument. You know, it's it's just. I have. I've tried to just stay away from it because it get people get so fired up and polarized. Well, it's not worth the fight. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 I'm. That's those three years of my life where I was heavily involved with it because I and it was because I was angry. I was yeah. pissed off. I was like, you politicians, especially under that administration, the Obama, yeah, you, you, you left us. You left us. Yeah. Man, I was pissed. It wasn't anything to hate Democrats, hate Republicans. It was I don't like you yeah. because you left us. Then you lied to us. But when I got behind the scenes. I just saw it was all a game and I'm glad that God let me see behind the scenes. Cause if I didn't know that I probably would still be into politics a little yeah, bit more. Now I'm like first the other day, uh, yeah. a, it was a really cool picture. You leaned up. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool picture. And then they, he did said, a good job. I, I get, I, I, and that's I it. it perfect. You know what I mean? It doesn't get to, but it is, I think that there is, there's a game that's being played. Do you got that? You're spot on. I'm going to tell you 110%. I've seen behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, Little Dog Toto pulled it. It's there. They're they're just pitting us against each other. But it's what countries that we went and fought. That's why veterans have the chance to stand up and say, hey, this is all horse shit, guys. This is what happened overseas. This is why Sunnis and Shias fight. This is why the tribes fight in Afghanistan for years. It's because of religion and politics and they want their ideologies. No, my ideologies are better. This is why there's even fight within in Kurdistan with the PKK. And then you have the Kurdish Democratic Party. It's all and it's been going on for years. Yeah. Yeah. And veterans have the ability to get out there. And I say veterans go, go, yeah, go vote. Be on the right. I was always a hey, no, I was wrong. You guys, we have the ability to say, you know what? This is what is causing division. This is why we went in these countries. We need to put 
yourself first, which is making yourself better. Like you said, as a father, as a husband, in my opinion, I said, I'm a Christian, terrible Christian, but I am. I am. I, you got to put God first again. Or if as a Christian, I will tell you that you got to put a higher power first. Mm-hmm. There's no political party that's the Messiah that's going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, a lot, that's like I always tell veterans. I was like, when it comes to the VA, like before people get fired up, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, okay, are you involved in the VA? You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. Uh, Vietnam veterans fought hard to get the VA to where it is. And it will not improve if our generation isn't involved and in thinking about the generation after us. Yeah. And the only way it's going to improve is if we're involved, we're there and we're speaking up. Yeah. Saying, whoa, this, this doesn't work or this works great, whatever it is. And it's not a political, not based off a political statement. It's that yeah, this doesn't I, work. I do fear that, you know, I mean, what this isn't picking any politicians. Some may be good, some may be bad, but I, I too often see veterans are used as just pawn. Oh, um, because nobody wants to speak bad about the veterans, so they will pull us out in a heartbeat. Yeah, I got this guy. I got I'm raising. I was I was one of those guys they were dangling around. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I do it. Everyone does it, and I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I was like, hey, let us. And the only person that's going to make life better for veterans is veterans. The veterans themselves. That's perfect. And yeah, I admire you for that. But that's again, that's all the poli- we don't talk politics. That's it. It's, as far as politics go, because I hated to. I discussed it, and I was immersed in it, which is. But again, that's a blessing because now I can say with experience, not from what I saw or what I saw something happen to somebody else. I can say, hey, guys, this is what happened to me. This is what I allowed myself to get into. And again, it was just another experience. War's experience. The movie's experience. Being in the background of the politics is experience. And all I say is thank you, man. Thank you for letting me have those experiences because yeah. it, 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 it's made – it's made your life full. It makes it full. And make, when I first and got injured and moved back, while I was still going through my depression, I had a couple of politicians locally, you know, use yeah. on both sides. And when <laughs> I realized it, I pulled out immediately and quit responding to people. And so I, I saw it. I was lucky enough to see it quick. Yeah. And before it got, like before I got in a position where they were just, I was just a guy missing arm and a leg. There was no yeah. backstory like you had. So it was small potatoes. But it was it was enough for me to say, I don't want to be part of this. And you, you're smart, brother. Smart. All right. With, with uh, you know, you're still doing a lot of training. Are you training? Because uh, I'm seeing on Instagram, you got people on there every once in a while. Are you training people now? Are you actually You know, I love fitness. I've been doing and this, you know, isn't a paid advertisement. They don't pay. <laughs> but I go to like me and my girlfriend do Orange Theory. Is that, is that good? Do you, I, I see this. They look cool. I'll be yeah. honest. They, so the design is genius, you know, heart rate based. So you could have, you know, a marathon runner next to your 80 year old grandmother on a treadmill. One's running, one's walking uh, their heart rate. There's all about getting the heart rate up. You have running, you have rowing, you have working out. So I enjoy it just because I haven't, you know, I'm just trying to just stay healthy and, and, and do what I have to do. Because uh, I, well, I'm like my girlfriend says, she never worries about me getting out of shape because my ego is too big. So, <laughs> you know what I wanted to ask you about when uh, Chris was asking what you're doing right now. I have seen on your Instagram, which people could follow at Noah Galloway athlete, that you were kind of in the same boat as Chris, doing a lot of speaking engagements, yeah. and all that has changed. Did it shut down for you too? It just went no. like so. 
so yeah, what what are you spending a lot of your time doing now that that's been taken away temporarily? Uh, apparently, I like to abuse myself because I started playing golf. <laughs> I thought you were going a completely different direction there. Sorry about that, guys. I was like, oh, really? Uh, okay. No, okay. I started playing golf last <laughs> April, May. Actually, and, I did. I saw some. Yeah, I saw some. You got some of those shots. You got a dang good backstroke, bro. You know, what's funny is most of the stuff I put on social media are my worst shots. Like, not that I'm secretly a good golfer. I'm still <laughs> but I love to put those because they're funnier. Um, but I become obsessed with golf. Like I play right. constantly, and it's all. I, I sit in, like last night. Me and my girlfriend watched a movie together. She went to go get ready for bed, and I was like, I'll be there in a little while. And I sat and watched a video of this old man going over golf shots, you know, on Amazon Prime. You have no idea. That's with it. You get to your 50s, what you got on your on your speed, on your remote is the Weather Channel. You got the History Channel and you got the Golf Channel. Golf Channel, yeah. That's where you're go. And I, I love golf too. I, my brother's a golf pro. I, my dad used to be a golf pro. He's gotten a little bit up in age, but it's so therapeutic. Even on our last vacation, we were just at – the most fun I had was just going out and to the back of the condo there and, and hitting golf balls on the driving range. Bill yeah. knows how therapeutic it is. It's, it's just beautiful. My uncle that was, uh, you know, he's a Vietnam vet, was in the 173rd. He's the, you know, it's just, he's really, I'm really close to him. He's 71 and, you know, still plays, you know, back where the, the men hit. You know, yeah. he got me into golf. And it's something that we do. Of course, winter time, he kind of hibernates. So I've been playing without him lately, but when it warms up, like that's that's what we do together. We play golf. Okay, all right, time out, time out. Alabama cold. Come on, man. Oh, how cold? Okay. That was, come on. Is it, I'm in Nebraska. Oh, come on. What we be cold? I'll tell you something. My girlfriend is from Canada. Oh yeah, she that's even right? trumps me. Definitely. Right. Now, I told her. I said. I said. Now there's a difference in our cold down here when winter hits. It's, it's, it's a wet cold. It's 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 a wet cold. Yeah, and it's different. She has been like, holy shit. Because <laughs> you can't, you can't cover for that. No, it's, the no, humidity it whips not, right I'm through. That it worse than anybody. No, it's not bad. Because then the next day it's sixty degrees. You know what I mean? So, oh, you're just Gosh, that's just, so what am I doing? Play golf, and it's gonna be in the upper fifties. You know, low sixties. It, it's chilly. You know, but when it drops down and it's just wet. Yeah, because. That bone is just that's why basic training and the ar- all the army stuff is down there in Benny. Benny. Georgia, yeah. Benny. Yeah. Benny. Yes, it's awful. You think. And even you know, I remember even going through jungle fa- uh, swamp phase of ranger school where I thought we we're going to Florida. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be warm. We're going to be warm up at Eglin. It's not. It was in the wintertime. Yep. I was so pissed off because I thought I was going to be warm finally because we just got out of Dahlonega in the winter. And no, we jumped in and it's it's 40 degrees, yeah. which is supposed to be warm. And it's that wet cold, and I was cussing up and I mean, the whole two, three weeks we were there, I was just cussing up and down a storm in Florida because I thought I thought they lied to me about Florida. It makes it uncomfortable. It's not that it's so cold; it's just uncomfortable. That damp, that dampness. Yep. You can't you can't wear clothes enough clothes for it. Yeah. No, no golf is. I, I think more veterans though, speaking that should get into golf. It, it is. It's it's it, if you can handle your anger a little bit. <laughs> Man, shanking a shot, but I, I do, and that's that's great. You get into it, and, and you are just watching. You, know, I, I started golf when I was five. I'm terrible. I went another route. Brother stayed as a golf pro, but dude, you got a good swing. You're natural, bro. It looks good. It looks good. Uh, where do you live? Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha. Okay, all right. Yeah, we we ain't we ain't golfing here right now. No, it's oh, terrible. Okay. It's like 20 degrees right now. It's snow on the ground. No out there. Yeah, I'm in New York, yeah. so it's it's cold here as well. But it it is enjoyable. It's very relaxing to watch as well. 
Um, so that's cool, man. I'm just glad to see that you're yeah. doing other things that keep you occupied that you love and learning new skills. You know what I had to ask you about before we uh, wrap things up here is when uh, you followed me back on Twitter because you were saying something about like two sides being pitted against each other. And and I just nerded out that you followed me back. <laughs> I, I want to get you over it serious because I really am a big fan of yours. Um, but when you when I tweeted you like thanks for following me, you were like you had me at uh, '80s hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that, we got to go into so bands in. Come on, yes. Yeah, what's your favorite '80s hair metal well, band? I'll say, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. So I'm a name drop. There's somebody that through my experience I've met. Actually, I met him before I got any attention. I met him. He played in Birmingham, and me and a friend just weaseled our way backstage, and I met him, and then met him again. Brett Michaels and I have become nice. Really? And, you know, I'll tell you what, it, he's just a good guy. Just, yeah, cool. him, just text me out of the blue, like, hey, brother, just want to tell you how much I. And so, I, you know, you know, so Poison, Motley Crue, that kind of stuff. I mean, and I get the, I won't call that. My brother in law is 50, my, my older sister's husband. And so they got together when my older sister was in ninth grade, they started dating. Wow. And so he's been the only brother in my life because I grew up with three sisters, three redheaded sisters. <laughs> you got your ass kicked all the time. Yeah. I know you did. When people say that, brothers, I was like, no, no, you have no idea. <laughs> Redheads. Oh, Lord. And I always looked up to and die hard, you know, 80s, you know, Guns N' Roses, all yeah. that. Like he plays the guitar. He, here he is 50. He's got a room in his house, just guitars. You know, and I, wow. I took him to meet Brett Michaels, and he was – he's met Def Leppard because of me, and he just is in shock. He doesn't even talk. He just stands there like <laughs> – well, And I know that um, Poison, because I have seen them a few times, they do, I think, every show bring veterans out on yeah. stage. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what song – what song do they bring? They bring them out for one song, and I'm trying to think I, of what I it is. I would assume they- it would be um, – oh, my God, because there's a song that's based off of a Vietnam veteran – Poison? I I know what it is. Something to believe in, right? Something to believe in. Yeah, they bring veterans out. I had no. I know. And I listen. Def Leppard's my favorite. I've said that's my favorite eighties. Eighties. I got to meet Rick Allen because you know that's what I was going to ask you because I feel like Rick Allen. He's a guy who lost a limb, and I know he's done stuff for Wounded Warrior. So yeah, tell us about that. So he he was at Walter Reed, and I I came to visit Alabama, so I missed a chance to meet him. And one of the contacts that deal with celebrities that come in out of Walter Reed said, let me reach out to them. They're like, oh, they're playing in Birmingham in like a month or two. So I came to Alabama and Rick Allen set it up so that I got to go backstage, hang out with him, you know, meet the band. And then they, he gave me, put me in great seats to watch the show. And I still have, you know, in my house, a drumstick that he signed and he draws a little stick person missing an arm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the rock and roll in what eighties, nineties, even you know, we've had guys like Silvera on from Corn, and and, oh. and 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 you know, they don't they realize now because they've learned how important they were to us overseas, keeping us yeah. keeping us grounded. Huge, yeah, That's huge. Like, so like you know, John Rich and yeah. Big Kenny are friends yeah. of mine, and I that all started by meeting him and then him want me to just come on stage and say some things before 8th of November 
And little did he know, I'm amazing at talking. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, that was amazing. So then we just became friends. Then we just started hanging out all the time. Is, is, I've gotten the chance to meet him too at Serious John Rich, both, both big and rich, and he really is just a genuine guy yeah, as well. Yeah, hard worker. Kenny, I love Ken. Kenny's fun to hang out with. Big Kenny is just a trip. You know, uh, John's business. John likes to work. That's all. And a lot of the big and rich are huge. I know they're huge veteran supporters yeah. and they know a lot. I've never met them before. I'll be, I may be one of these days I will, but they're, they, they always, from what I understand, and you're even vouching for them again, just tremendous individuals that are complete supporters of veterans and yeah. like yourself and, and friends of veterans like yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing, man. I, I wanted last, I know we're going a little bit over, but really, if you could, because of being a father and a veteran, you know, if you have any words of advice for guys like that are going over and coming back now, um, how to be a better father, how to like, so they don't have to go through that thing that I did last month where, you, you really you feel like a terrible father because because you, you weren't able to balance balance it and I was too young I didn't know I don't know and that's easy that, and that happens and here's a first thing I would say is one like when you said you missed out well, you know what you still have that sixteen yeah. year old that is still a child I don't care if they're forty years old there's still time to connect with somebody so never because I've done that too I thought oh my god have I not done enough have I screwed yeah. up too yeah. late you know what I mean but it isn't we have to remind ourselves it's never too late. And our children did not enlist in the military. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not part yeah. of that world. Uh, we, you know, have to, to approach them in a completely different manner than we would the men and women that wear the uniform that are under us in leadership. And we know how to be good people. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the, the hardest of, of soldiers, you know, be as innocent as a kitten when yeah. they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, right. we have that ability and we just have to remind ourselves. And so it, it, it takes several times to know when to switch that on and off. And that's the toughest thing is trying is. to find that switch. That switch. Yeah, and you're, and that's you're, you're right. Struggle. We always will, you know, but it's always trying to make sure that we're switching it when we have to. You know, that's so perfect because the, the catch line for this show is the switch. That is, yeah, and that was not planned, guys. That wasn't at all. We didn't plan that at all. Edit this to where it just ends right when I said that. Right. I didn't tell you this, by the way, Tonto. My friend who's in um, – he, he's in a they, – they're a cover band that does wrestling theme song covers, which is great. They're called Kings of the Ring. But um, my friend Mark has checked out the podcast, and he's starting a new band that's like kind of Megadeth-type uh, – you know, uh, speed metal type thing. And he loves the catch. He's like, dude, we're going to do a song called the switch. Yeah, we, and we got to, we, we got to, we got to have it on. Let's just throw it out there in an episode. You just randomly yeah. said, I remember the episode where we had on, um, who am I thinking of? I don't know. Green Beret. Which one? Um, the, <laughs> it wasn't Comstock, was it? Was it? Was oh, uh, oh, Nate Boyer. Boyer. Yeah. Nate Boyer, where you just, you were talking about kind of the switch in combat where you said the switch is on motherfucker. I'm going to shoot you in the face. And then switch because- it off. And then the switch is off and you're, you're, yeah. you're banned. And, and, and that's, yeah. that's the thing is up until that show, we didn't have like a catchphrase. And I was like, that's the that's catchphrase. It, but it, it took me six, seven years to figure that out. And that's exactly right. And that's figured out to when to come back, how to turn that switch off. If I'd had the advice that guys going in now are getting from people like yourself and, and, and other veterans out there, yeah, I would have been able to handle it different. But I, we didn't know. We yeah. we didn't really know at the time. Well, and yeah, I, I, mean, I went through a 
another divorce after all that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just you it takes it takes time and experience. And I'm still trying to figure things out. I but that's but we're fa- we fail it, and then we they, do our AR. What do we do wrong? And then we figure out how to improve it. Nah, that's that's one benefit about the military. I think all you business people should hire guys, veterans, hire men and women that have served and actually served in combat because that's they have the ability to do. Not that they're not going to make mistakes. Believe we make mistakes, but the ability to just take a step back, evaluate what we did wrong, and then don't make that mistake again. Yeah, and, we, and, exactly. We know how to do it in the military. Yeah. We just sometimes struggle to take that knowledge and put it in our personal life. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. No, perfect, brother. That was perfect. Yeah. This has been awesome. Yeah, no, it's been an awesome. I really enjoyed this, guys. Oh, you don't, you don't have to lie to us. It's all right, man. I forgot to ask you what unit were you 187 at 101st or were no, you 5 Deuce? Five O Deuce, okay. Yeah, there's a big thing like Rocket Sons are the sh- you out here from 101st oh, guys. Oh, 187, hey, you what? That's well, why I had to. I was going to give you shit if you were called. And they gave me, you know, a plaque, you know, and it was in my house. And I did a funny video one time. It just happened to be way in the background. Oh <laughs> my god, my my men jumped on me. Like, what is that doing in your house? <laughs> Oh, it, there's a huge competition in companies at Hearn yeah. first, and yeah. and 187 is the shit. They, well, that's what they tell you because that's they're, because have. they're 187. Yeah, so no, it has no. nothing to do with how good they are. It's just yeah. 187. <laughs> no, no, it, dude, it's a pleasure, and it's it's an honor to finally. I mean, we've been traveling the same circles, and but to finally, you know, actually know. meet you, man. Well, I want to, you know, I, and the fact that you know how to play golf and don't play enough. I'd love to play against you. Maybe I'll feel better. Do we should. You know what? We should do a, some sort of fundraiser there at Alabama and play against. And you know, well, I'll let you, I'll let you win. I'm saying that now. I'm let you, I'm yeah, let you now, win. You know, is just throwing it out there. I am hosting a golf tournament in Alabama in September. Good. Um, I love okay. staying in contact. Even if just to let y'all know how it went, there's an organization. I have my charitable fund, the no excuses charitable fund. I started, just to, I saw too many organizations that weren't doing what they said they were. Yeah. Doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't start a charity. I have a fund that has a board of directors that I say, Hey, let's donate to this group, you know, and they, they've never mm-hmm. turned me down, but I always don't. So this, um, me and my girlfriend will start hosting this golf event, hopefully become annually. And each year it'll donate to a different organization. And this year I'm donating to an organization called sheepdogs. Okay. Cheap dogs. Um, a sergeant major out of the Marines got out, felt like he needed something else to do, started doing disaster relief work with veterans. That okay. started building. And then he started hosting camps, camps for veterans, police officers, first responders. People don't realize that police officers and first responders are yeah. a smaller group. So they don't yeah. get the help that veterans do. So they have these camps and these events that help all of them. And so I had experienced it was supposed to speak at their gala event last year, but it was canceled. But I still went to Arkansas, spoke at a small leadership group, played some golf. And I was like, hey, I want to do something. And we're going to host this event in September, September 17th and and raise money for sheepdogs. How can and, they donate to your to your foundation, brother? How can people look it up? Is there a website? Because well, I, I didn't I, know that. I'll be honest. My website, noahgalloway.com. Yeah. You know, it's been on hiatus for a while. And when all right before all this happened, before, you know, 2020 in, in 2019, I was tired of running around and speaking constantly 
going from out of town with my kids, out of town with my kids, not having a life that I decided I wanted to quit. And then 2020 hit and everything stopped. I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I got what I asked for. <laughs> yeah. I Be what you asked for. got rid of my team, you know, right before okay. everything happened, my PR team, all those things. Cause I just wanted to step back. Yeah. So the other guy that I know, it sounds like me. I mean, we're yeah. exactly the same. No, no, yeah. I understand. Completely. And, uh, but I don't want to quit doing things. So there, I don't think I'll have to, I can't honestly say if my charitable fund, even there's a place to donate on my website right now. But as long as people know how to get, so when it comes up, they can at least find yeah, I'm gonna that, that's it on my social media as it gets perfect. close to that time. Or, and I'll definitely have links and places for people to donate through my social, because I'm on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all certified accounts. Yeah. I, and you, when that comes up, just tag me or the battle line podcast yeah, on Instagram yeah. and then we can, we can make sure it gets out there, bro. No, I appreciate sure. it. Dude, you're awesome. Approach. It's great. So it's uh Noah Galloway.com at Noah underscore Galloway on Twitter at Noah, at Noah Galloway athlete on Instagram. And then the book of course is living with no excuses. The remarkable rebirth of an American soldier. Good book. Yeah. This- Great, man. It's always it's always just fun having these conversations. As you can see, there's no real agenda with what we do. We just like to sit around and shoot the chat. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, brother. Hey, and thanks for your advice. You help. I know you're helping people out there, even just with today, especially how to be a father again. It's tough. Thank you, you I really appreciate it. You're someone definitely. I look up to you. Have a lot of credibility, and it means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I'll we'll talk to my wife how much credibility I have now. Hopefully help me in the house here. <laughs> no, you're awesome, brother. And stay in touch. And Ian, you know, get Noah or switch self. So you got myself. And Ian, oh, yeah, you, if you ever need anything, you just reach out directly. Right, yeah, when I get it, I'll shoot you a text and you'll have Yeah, it. please do. Please do. Awesome. We'll do that. Yeah. And uh, Noah, just I'll have this up on Monday. Just send me over like a high resolution photo of yourself that I could use. Do the men's health one. And I can't knock it because I did a shirt off picture from Ballistic Magazine, too. So I can't give you no shit. I'm giving you shit, but I did it, too. So uh, we all got to have one. We all got to have one. (laughs) No, you you look good, dude. And again, I'm proud of you, man. I I just I I couldn't imagine. I You you push through a lot of shit that, man, I can look and say, man, I I didn't go through even as much as, as Noah did or guys that have lost limbs and still have been able no, to kick ass. We all ass. have our things we went through. I, you know, yeah. so I had mine and you had yours. and Yeah. Mine was just stupidity. That's all mine. <laughs> mine, mine being an, mine being an idiot. Something very powerful that you've reached out and you've made it. And, and the fact that, you know, made into a movie, it was powerful. You know, you'd be proud of. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, what we go through, you don't ever want to say you're proud you went through it, but it makes us better in the end. Yes, we lose loss and it hurts, but it makes us better. And all we can do now is live on and be the best we can be in honor of those that can't be here now. Amen, bro. Amen. Well said. All right. God bless you, bro. No, no, right. you reach out anytime, man. Each all right. anytime. Take care. Thanks, Noah. All right. Talk to you soon, man. All right. I don't know how to turn this off. <laughs> we gotta keep that in there. Don't edit that shit out. We got yeah, it's a difficult grunt. Difficult grunt. Yeah, and you guys, you can see him. He's like a he's like a monkey right now, just mashing his. <laughs> just top right. you military right, Noah. Military right. All right. I'll, I'll leave that in there, man. He's, he's awesome. Really, 
I knew he I knew he was gonna be great just meeting him the brief time that I did it serious and then us talking on Twitter. I was like, I gotta get this yeah, guy on. He's, he's and he's just a very down to earth guy. You could tell, man. Yeah, no, he's he's tremendous. Sorry, sorry guys, I I'm looking at my phone here while we're talking because mom my mom is speaking of family, my mom is trying to FaceTime me during the during the podcast oh, here. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, but no, I but yeah, again, what, what's and I keep saying again because I, that's just my way of talking. But having a guy like that that has really been through a shitload, and, and, you know, losing an arm and a leg, and you know, I, I don't want that to only be what Noah's known for overcoming that adversity. Just his positive mindset. If anything, he should be known for is just his mental toughness and his positive mindset, and making really lemonade out of lemons uh, with the hand he was dealt. Um, and his ability to see it as a positive and, and make himself better and show that, hey, it doesn't matter what happens to you. You always can have the opportunity to make yourself better if, like we've been saying every show, you said at the beginning of this show, if you're able to fix yourself and make yourself the better person that you want to be or the best person that you can be. And he has faith. He believes in God, he's, but he also believes in family. And, and he's like the rest of us veterans out there that have had to learn that after putting the military or the mission first. But he did, and he's a motivating factor. And you can go to his Instagram page and see the people he's motivated to improve their improve their own lives through through fitness, which is amazing in its own right. Because again, because of his his uh, because of his missing appendages. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, love talking with him. So b- before we uh, wrap things up, I got a really great uh, touching email from Paula Morgan, who I know has done court. Paula's awesome, veteran. She's a veteran as well. Yeah, not not Ben Morgan. No, she had she's nothing, no relationship to Ben Morgan. Paula, yeah. But um, here's what she wrote. Um, Ian and Chris, and she sent this to BattleLinePodcast at gmail dot com, so you guys could send in emails. We'll get to what we can. Uh, Ian and Chris, great episode, and this is talking about the episode that you were on where you spoke about um, you know, spoke about the Benghazi situation, yeah. but spoke about another incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um. So she said, great episode. I don't get to listen to them all, and some I choose not to for personal reasons. That's a, that's a weird way of putting it. No, Paula's just blunt. She's like, it, it could be where she just doesn't want to. The guest we have on, I don't know. That's up to Paula. No, but she's I, honest. I, she's always honest. There's a, yeah, there's a ton of episodes where if the guest doesn't interest me, it just, I'm gonna go. Let's see. Fine, Paula. You're not. We're not friends anymore. You don't listen to every episode. No, I love her honesty. She's uh, brutally honest. Perhaps. Of the most powerful episodes, because because Chris shares his heart, and damn it, he made me cry in front of my husband. But he had no idea I was listening to the podcast. If there is one thing I've walked away from Chris's courses, it is the very topic of determining if a kill shot is necessary. Whenever I train at the range, I picture a situation in my mind where I believe that someone is in imminent danger and a kill shot is necessary. The guys teach us every measure should be taken to avoid taking someone's life. I don't know of any other course that teaches that. So training is critical, but exercising self-control, discipline, and discernment in those situations is a unique skill set, in my opinion. Keep fighting the good fight. Respectfully, Paula Morgan, woman veteran, Army Aviation, and then um, her LLC. But that that was great. That was, I'm glad you said because we do at battle at the you know where we do training or where I train by myself with the people or, or battle in itself. We always say this is the last thing you want to do, but if you need to, you better be able to be good at it and, and you better be able to hit what you're trying to hit. But before that even happens, before the switch light even comes on, you find every means to not go into that, to not take someone's life. Because 
and I'm not going to use the old cliche, oh, you're going to remember it forever. You're always going to haunt you forever. I remember, and some of them don't haunt me at all because they were bad people. But we always gave them the opportunity, even Benghazi, we gave them the opportunity to stop and get as close. They got as close as we could have let them, and they initiated the attack before we even started firing. Um, and I think the mindset is what a lot of training courses meet, miss. They hit the kill. Ah, oh, they're awful. Threat stop, threat stop. Threat. Yeah, that's all good. But you got to have the mindset before that even happens that if you can even get out of that situation and remove yourself without having to lift, without having to lift a finger, really, that's where you won. Nobody got hurt. Nobody, nobody was, nobody had to die. Nobody had to get shot. You didn't put yourself in imminent danger. Um, that is the most important. And I, I'm glad she said that because that's what we, we do pride ourselves at Battle Line to talk just about that because you don't want to take somebody's life. It, it's not cool to shoot somebody. It's not the there's no bravado about it. It's the last option, and it's the last option that even as a trained professional that did it signed up and was doing it for a living, the possibility was there every day. It's still the last thing I ever wanted to do. My if we didn't have to get an altercation, that was a win to me, you know? Um, so, and I think a lot of guys would say that a lot. Of, that's why you, you, you know, you don't hear Delta guys out there or even Rangers or even majority of seals out there. Oh, I shot this guy, shot this guy. You don't hear it because it's not something that be proud of accomplishing the mission, but you don't have to be proud of killing somebody. And I think a lot of instructors misinterpret that, you know, and they, or they miss, they misconstrue it when they present it. Um, to normal to just the normal populace. So I'm glad she said that because that that means well, honestly that 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 means a lot more to me than just saying hey the training was awesome or you guys taught us real well. The mindset is the most important because your mind is your first weapon. Your mind's your first thing. And I, I man, I, I mean, I'm kind of speechless because I, I it means that somebody's listening, <laughs> listening, and and she gets it. She understands. And uh, yeah, Paula. Paula's, uh, Paul's come to three classes, uh, primarily in Texas, most time at Defender Outdoors. And, uh, and, um, she's tremendous. And by her pulling away that little nugget, if they were going to pull any nugget away from a battle line course, it'd be that right there. That's what you most importantly need to know. So yeah, thanks for reading that brother. I, I had no idea. That was awesome. No, that, that, that was an excellent email. So uh, that's actually a good way to end this is that, um, you know, if you want to go out to one of those courses, be there next month, February 20th to 21st, Paisley, Florida, the stress fire course that you could sign up for at tontosgearlocker.com right now. Um, if you want to sh- pick up a shirt of the show, we do have those available. They're awesome. I'm not wearing one at the moment. I was wearing one at the gym. I they're they're I awesome. I w- I'm wearing yeah. mine out. I got to wear it. They're so comfortable and they fit, they fit yeah. perfect. Yeah, they're awesome. Yep, uh, and designed by Aaron Water. He did an awesome job. Uh, Tonto-apparel.myshopify.com. Tonto-apparel.myshopify.com. Um, yeah, anything else before we uh, say goodbye? I mean, I really enjoyed having uh, Noah on, man, and I really appreciate him coming on because for us, that's that's an A-list guest for me. I, I just just having – I love talking to fellow veterans. It's just You can tell when we talk. It's like, it's like we're going back to the old days. <laughs> And it makes me feel good. So for having him on personally, myself, selfishly, I just love having him on because it reminds me of the good times that I had overseas too with those kind of guys, guys like Noah. And I hope he says the same thing about me. Fingers crossed. But, um, you know, on the other side, just thank you all for still listening to us. And uh, for those that are able to get out to Florida and train with us at Full Spectrum Warrior, 
Um, they're outside, it's outside of Deland, Florida. Um, please come. You'll have a blast. It's fun. It is so fun. We have, we have such a good time there and I'd love to see you there. Other than that, Ian, yeah, man, we'll keep, keep rocking, drive on, keep listening to that eighties band stuff, man. I'm going to go turn on some winger right now and go for a run. <laughs> I love, I love winger too. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. <laughs>